You know, you were doing real good there, too. You said that over a 50-year thing. That, that kind of threw me. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's, let's just not put that part on tape, okay? I'm joking. Uh, actually, no, Dan and I did start a nice tour together. Ironically enough, uh, there was a band that was pretty good in the, in the area, and one of their guitar players quit. And so everyone in the band wanted another uh, a keyboard player, but Dan was the only one that wanted another guitar player. So I ended up getting the gig. Dan and I did not get along because he didn't really want me there. He wanted, you know, the way that he wanted to do it before. And uh, we just we just did not click, and we did not start to click until we would ride gigs together. And we just kind of practice and sing and do Everly Brothers and Righteous Brothers and songs like that. Dan always took the lead. I took the harmony. And we just kind of developed a, uh, a good relationship out of that. And at one point, I mean, we were like closer than brothers. John, when you look at it, too, you guys uh, come out of high school, you get your record deal after a lot of work, and you have international success at first and not much movement in the United States, and then comes 72 when things start to change with, I'd really like to see you tonight, and it kind of opened up the doors to certainly a terrific U.S. career. So talk about those infant stages. You get the deal, then you have to go in another direction with another company, and it ends up paying off big time for you guys well you know the thing is is it's always up and down you never know what's going to happen what people are going to like what they're going to gravitate to and so dan and i we didn't have the record success in the early 70s but we ended up playing with uh, this guy that was just kind of up and coming by the name of elton john <laughs> and uh, we played with Carol King, and, and she ended up taking us to Boston with her. And then, you know, the thing with Elton came along. He took us to England with him. And, and so we were just playing for all these groups because there was only two of us. And we both played guitars at that time. I didn't play piano at that time. So to be able to take down two microphones after Dan and I had played, on stage was the easiest thing in the world and people liked us because there was no there was no lengthy uh, set change so we're playing with all these people and uh it, it record wise we didn't really have our first hit until the, about 1972 that was a song called simone and that was in japan so then we ended up touring with three dog night over there and that's pretty much what we did between the records. Uh, actually, '76, really love to see tonight came out. It was a long, it was a long stretch, and then it just kind of took off from there. The style changed a little bit. Different producers, Louis Shelton, who was the uh, guy that did the A and M records with us, that started off with us. He was part of a uh, conglomeration of musicians called the Wrecking Crew, Glenn Campbell and, and all these other people. So he took us on and took us over to Herb Alpert. And then it just kind of took off, you know, from there very slowly. And then when we changed over to Kyle Lenning in Nashville as a producer, we just got lucky on the song. I'd love to see you tonight. And I have to tell you, in this industry, it ain't nothing more than luck. So... <laughs> 
John Ford Coley is with us. He's coming into Akron with Ambrosia here in just a couple of weeks at Goodyear Theater, which should be a terrific show. But, John, why don't you get into that? I'd really like to see you tonight. Of course, we play that a lot here on WAKR. I'm not saying it's your only hit, but when we talk about England Dan and John Ford Coley, that's the song that is on the tip of many tongues. And I guess talk about recording that song, and did you know this was a smash when you first did it or not? Well, ironically enough, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, things that go on about that song. Honestly, between you, me, and the gatepost and everybody listening, we didn't want to do that song. Wow. We said, no, man, that, that's that's kind of a feminine song, and we don't really think we want to do that. But what the real truth of the matter was, was that Dan and I were both singer-songwriters, and we fashioned ourselves writing all of our songs. And I saw the, uh, the first check off of that song. And there was a guy by the name of Parker McGee that had written it. And so at that point, Dan still's looking at me, and I, I really still want to be like a singer-songwriter sort of deal. And I became very mercenary. I'm going, Parker, buddy, hey, what else you got me? <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, I, I can see this. I can pay my rent, you know, and then we'll continue to go out and do it. But Parker actually wrote... Um, uh, Nights of Forever, the song that came after I'd really love to see you tonight. Yeah. And that, at that point, we realized there's a lot of good songwriters out there and they write a lot of terrific material. So to sit here and think that you're just going to, you know, be very self absorbed and selfish about this, it's really not the best uh, business move that you could make. So we started looking outside. As a matter of fact, uh, I, was, I, I wrote a song called Gone Too Far. That was the only song that was written by us that was uh, a single that made it that made it uh, up the charts mm-hmm. and uh so the other one was written by randy goodrum he ended up writing for uh, uh, uh broken hearted me for Anne murray actually we recorded first and uh you know, O'Sherry for Steve Perry, uh, people like Jeffrey Commodore wrote it, Never Have to Say Goodbye Again. Uh, Love, is, uh, Love is the Answer was written by Todd Rundgren. We just learned that there's a lot of great people out there and you do not pass up a good song. With us is uh, John Ford Coley again coming into Akron here in just a couple of weeks for a tremendous show with Ambrosia. And John, uh, you know, to put everything in a music career that you've done, uh, you've played with just about everyone, including Ambrosia. You've gone to Nashville and played. You picked up your family and moved them around. And your love for music is still ticking and going strong. And I guess that's where I wanted to go next and talk about you stayed with this thing of music, which is a great passion of yours and I think as fans were glad you did but talk about through the last uh, so many years on how you were able to stay with music and play and get influenced and influence others for so many years well it's in your blood when we moved to Nashville I played a thing called a songwriter in the round my, my wife did not want to come here uh, she was a California girl, wanted to stay there, but things had just completely dried up for me in California. So we came back here and played the songwriter in the round, and after we were done, she said, you seriously cannot not do this, can't you? And I said, nope, can't. It's in my blood, that's the way it is, and it's not going away. 
And so you you work through that. I mean, you go through dry spells. You have times when things are working all in your favor, and there are other times you can't get arrested. And you just kind of continue to write. You might not be in the public eye, but you're still back there writing. So I write songs all the time. I don't expect anyone to ever hear them. When it comes to that, it's just because I enjoy doing it. I love playing. I love the challenge of it. I love the uh, creativity, the way to push your brain. When I came back to Nashville, I really got my lunch handed to me because, man, I'd written some hit songs. Excuse me. I'd written some hit songs, and, and I thought that I was kind of up in that bracket. But, man, you come back here, and they will play you under the table and make you look like a fledgling neophyte. Wow. And I just, you know, I I had the presence of mind that when somebody would do something that I didn't know, I'd stop them and go, hey, whoa, stop. Just, nope, show me what you just did. And so I really learned a, a tremendous amount. And it was probably one of the greatest creative experiences that I've ever, I've ever had. Well, John, let's fast forward to the show we got coming up at Goodyear Theater. What can we expect from you? I imagine we're going to hear all those hits that we talked about and, and many more of what you're currently working on. So talk about the current tour. I think also Peter Beckett is on this one uh, in Akron this time. I know the last time that we played Akron, it was just Ambrosia and myself. But I think Peter Beckett from Player, they had Baby Come Back, uh, is going to be playing with us. So, man, what we do literally is just go down memory lane. Uh, people love to hear those songs that they kind of grew up to or fell in love with somebody, you know, on. And uh, it's it's really it's a fun-filled memory night. So that's what we do. We go out and we play. Everybody comes up separately. And Ambrosia backs everyone up. Because most of the time when I go out and play now, I play by myself, just piano and guitar. Mm. So it, it's nice to play with Ambrosia because they are really a top-notch band. And, 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 three of the four original members are still in the band. So it's not going to be some tribute band that's, that's up playing hits that they had nothing to do with. It's going to be fabulous. We're looking forward. And Goodyear Theater is just a wonderful, intimate setting for a great show. Ambrosia and John Ford Coley. John, thank you for making time for us this morning. Looking forward to the show, all of us here in Akron. And like you said, a great night of going down memory lane with John Ford Coley. Thanks, John. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.